Hi, I'm Katie Jones and welcome to RTE OT Podcast. Operation Tantamation sees leaders from all over the country take on a health and wellness plan with the aim of resetting and kickstarting a new chapter in their lives. I was a leader on the show two years ago and it changed my life. I'm delighted to be back hosting this podcast. You can email us at optrantpodcast at gmail.com. Please send us your questions and let us know how you are getting on. This week's topic is very important to me as it ties into why I joined Operation Transformation. Years ago, I was on tablets for my high blood pressure when I was only 22. By following the OT plan, I was able to change my lifestyle, get my blood pressure down to a safe number and come off the tablets completely. But there's still so much about blood pressure that I don't know. Tomorrow is Operation Transformation National Blood Pressure Day and the Irish Pharmacy Union IPU are teaming up with OT to raise awareness. I decided to talk to Dr. Sumi Dunn all about it. Sumi's been on the show for a number of years now and her role as a resident doctor was a huge help not only for me and the other leaders but everyone following along at home. Not only does she know her stuff but she's so easy to talk to. I'm delighted to be uh, on your podcast Katie. What an (laughs) honour. So it's over five years now you're on the show? It is this year will be my well, it's the sixth show, show number six. Uh, my first show was 2019. Uh, and then we did two the very first year of COVID. So I think is that 2021? Yeah, we did. Two, we did. Yeah, we did two that year. Yeah. And then so, when I went on in 2022, you so that was my year. So you're amazing for me. Oh, no, Katie, you're too kind. Too kind. <laughs> Because I was saying, like, people always ask, like, how, like, yeah. life is after show. And I remember yeah. when you came down the first time to have the conversation in the apartment and we were just chatting about, like, when I had Joshua and yeah. you were, you were kind of, like, kind of gave me kind of pointers of where to kind of go. And that conversation really, like, maybe open up and kind of, like, ask for the help. And I think that's what was one of your things, like, don't be on your own and don't speak, like, speak to people around you and stuff. And that was great advice from yourself. Yeah, no, totally. I think, you know, um, and we learn that more and more as particularly as the years go on that and kids do it, you know, kids are drawn to people. Kids always want to be near people, do you know? And mm-hmm. as we get older, that uh, we need to make our connections, you know, connections, social connections are so important for health. So, you know, my, my big thing is never be on your own. And if I can help, yeah, I'm here. Kind of you so are and from the show like what advice would you give to people going on the show what what would what advice i'd give um i i'd like to think that they're supported uh and that you know nothing holds them back so i wouldn't want anyone to feel oh because i've got this or i'm on these medicines or i've had this background that's going to limit me mm-hmm. uh, because i think you know with the fact that not only have you got myself, um, and I don't know if anyone wants to hear what I have to say, but you've got you've got the likes of Eddie and Sophie and Carl. You know, all of them are such experts in their field. Uh, and if we look at health in kind of that whole 360 degrees, there's looking after your mental health. There's looking after your movement. And we know movement is medicine. And then there's also the science behind eating well. You know, and and Sophie's done that really, really well. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, from my perspective, they do all the hard work. Uh, I'm just doing what I do every day. You know, so which good. is the pleasure and the privilege of meeting people. Uh, and you know, so that that's for me, it's just such a privilege. 
but it's it's great. And what I would say to anyone is that if anyone is thinking or listening uh, today here, I would say don't let anything hold you back. Uh, and that if there is an uncertainty and if there is a concern, do talk, uh, come forward. Uh, and we're here to support you. Absolutely. The support from the show is amazing. And as a past leader as well, I can vouch for that. This year, the leaders are great and they're really connected and they're all on different kind of paths as well. Are you enjoying watching them kind of progress? I know it's only into week three, but like how yeah, far they've gotten. We're only into week three. Uh, I met them on assessment day. They were incredible. Uh, they really did shine. Uh, amazing stories. Again, so humbling. Like every year I get so humbled by the people that I meet uh, and the fact that we get to walk your journey with you for, you know, not very long, for eight weeks, but we hope to set you up uh, with a legacy moving forward that is sustainable for you. So it's not anything that's, you know, out of reach or anything that's going to be not sustainable moving forward and trying to keep everything very, you know, person focused, very family focused, very community focused. So it's not just about the individual. It's about that broader scope coming back to what we said, connections, everybody around you and then the wider circle, the community around you. And that's where the leaders are the absolute rock stars because they are the ones that bring everybody together. They bring those connections together. And you can see that in the community walks, island lights up. Everybody's there together for that common goal. And you've got this fabulous human being called our leader in the middle of it. And that just makes me go, wow, yeah. every year. Incredible. Yeah. You know, it's just a real wow moment for me. It's really uplifting, uh, isn't it? Seeing the support that leaders is. get. Yeah. Uh, and again, like this year, like every year, uh, people that have come through such stories uh, and everything is about making changes, making changes for the better you know, that real positive change for the better uh, and being there for their family and being there for their community as well. So uh, and this year's leaders are like every year, they're embodying all of that. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. And like they're so like they're so nice to watch kind of everyone's different story, but they've one thing in common and that's a tiny little lifestyle change they're all looking for. Absolutely. And you know what? It's those small things. It's mm -hmm. those small things that lead to success. You know, we don't have to do something huge. You know, you don't and I'd say this to everyone, you know, don't set a really tough target on yourself that I'm going to run a marathon in four weeks. That's not possible. You know, if we think about that, there's training, there's eating, there's resting, there's making sure you're not injured. There's making sure that you're, you know, in the right health to do that. But a marathon is possible with the right input and the right training, uh, the right fuel, the right, you know, supports. Uh, and building it up ever so slowly, or even a couch to 5K if we take it back one step further. So all of those goals are attainable, but we do it at a pace that suits us and not trying to perform to match anybody else or to measure against anybody else. This is for you and it's your journey. Uh, and if your journey is being able to get to the end of your laneway uh, and being able to walk back, fantastic yeah. i'm all for that if your journey is being able to finish one length in the pool and that's your goal fantastic i'm all for that and if your journey is you know in six months to eight months of really solid good training i want to be able to run a marathon fantastic i'm all for that uh, and i'm coming back to this thing of movement is medicine 
You know, it really is all of these little, little things going up the stairs, lifting your shopping out of the car, yeah. bending, you know, all of that is it, but, but those are the movements that count. And that's what we do every day. Active kind of yeah. movement. And it's kind yeah. of like just simplifying it, isn't it? Like not, I say yeah. not making your, making yourself go and do a marathon, like go and do the, the first run of the week and just kind of ticking over. And everyone says to me, like, you never regret going out for the exercise, never regret no. going for the, the run or the walk yeah. or going Abs- for a swim. Absolutely. I, I mean, I came in from work this afternoon and um, it was really easy to just sit down. Uh, it was cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have the most fabulous motivator, age 10. Oh, She's love in it. Uh, And I also have a four legged motivator that will, you know, uh, run the house down. Yeah. And walking. <laughs> so between my 10 year old uh, personal trainer motivator uh, and the four legged retriever who would claw the door down, we go out, you know, and yes, it's cold. And yes, the wind is on your face. But you know what? It's it's an amazing feeling, you know, coming in uh, and we had a great chat and Winnie got to, you know, go running off doing things that she does uh, as retrievers do. Uh, but it, it was great time spent, uh, yeah, much yeah. more uh, productive than uh, getting a load of laundry on. Absolutely. Mm. And you have to prioritise what makes you happy as well, isn't it? Like in the going for the walk at that time made you happy. Totally, totally. Uh, and it's it's building that into the day. It's it's saying, you know, but if it didn't happen, Katie, if it didn't happen today, I'd do it tomorrow or I'd do it later on in the week and not to beat myself up about it, uh, you know, to say, OK, you know, oh, if I don't do it, I'm, you know, I've let myself down or whatever. Move away from that, you know, try and work it into the day. And we do know things happen, you know. So, Absolutely. for example, you know, if I get called away unexpectedly or, you know, my 10 year old ch- changes her mind or, you know, then we factor all of that in. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, I, we're not making it set in stone. I think absolutely. And I think self-sabotage is kind of a really bad thing because I know I suffer with it from being on the show. I kind of reversed mm-hmm. it, but I was always really hard myself. And I think I wasn't getting anywhere with that. And then Eddie did say, like, treat yourself as you treat your friend. And I think that's kind of what I've been kind of going with now but it's so hard sometimes isn't it though because you do kind of want the best for yourself but sometimes you choose the other way around totally I think you know we're really good at buckets of compassion for other people buckets of compassion for our family uh, and then we don't seem to have any for ourselves. Yeah. that's the that's the interesting part that uh, and those words are really true how would you treat your friends so why can't we treat ourselves the same way you know, we wouldn't give our friend a hard time if they didn't get out for their walk or their exercise or their run. You know, we'd go, look, you know, it's this tomorrow. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And well, we're heading into National Blood Pressure Day, which is tomorrow, oh, Thursday, yeah. the 18th. And I know OT have a campaign going around. What is that about? So uh, tomorrow is National Blood Pressure Day uh, and it's absolutely incredible. Over 700 pharmacies have joined forces with OT uh, to open their doors and offer a free blood pressure check to anyone that's interested and anyone that wants to come in. So it's a great opportunity if you haven't had your blood pressure checked in a while, or even if you've had it checked recently and you want to get it checked again, to come in and get your blood pressure checked. If there are any concerns, that could be the beginning of a journey for anybody that's listening to get that followed up on. So it's an amazing initiative Uh, that we are really grateful to all our pharmacy colleagues for participating in. uh, And I can't wait to be involved with it. 
And from myself being on the show, that was one of the reasons why I signed up because to be honest, I was kind of embarrassed that I was only 22, 23 and I was on a blood pressure tablet and I didn't know where to start or what to do, but I knew it was myself that I got myself in a situation where I couldn't really like keep going the way I was because I was kind of scared and I knew the healthy lifestyle change would be really beneficial. So I did join the show mainly because I wanted to get off the tablet. But and for you guys to help and support really did and I by the eight weeks I end up getting off it and be able to manage it since then, two yeah. years later, like on a regular check and just being kind of the healthy lifestyle. No one I don't anyone asked me what age is the right age to get a blood pressure check. I I didn't know what to answer. Yeah, that that's an interesting one. Um, you know, ideally it's again it's coming back to adults. Yeah. So once you're over the age of eighteen. Now, we do, do regular blood pressure checks on younger women who we commence on the pill. Okay. So if you're on a combined oral contraceptive, you'll find if that's been prescribed to you from the age of 16, 17, your doctor will check your blood pressure. Uh, and that's come that comes within good pill prescribing. So that kind of lowers the age limit slightly, but that's yeah. an individualized case. So again, all of these things are really individual. We don't tend to take blood pressure in children. Okay. Uh, for lots of reasons. You know, uh, you need the appropriate cough size. Uh, it can hurt. What are we going to gain from that? Unless we are aware there's an underlying medical condition that necessitates the blood pressure to be taken. So there are some medical conditions in children, uh, but that normally gets signposted to us from the hospitals. So very much so, it would be our adult category. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's unlikely that 18 to 25 year olds should have any issues with their blood pressure. You know, you're yeah. young, you're fit, you're healthy. Uh, you can get away with so much in your lifestyle. <laughs> Between 18 to 25, like we all know, you know, live hard, party yeah. harder. Enjoy. And, and enjoy and go on holiday and even, you know, party and live even harder than harder, you know, and get away with it. Uh but there's no harm, possibly once a year, you know, giving a check, you know, and that can be easily done nowadays. You can go into your pharmacist and your pharmacy will have me- machines. You can come in- into the practice. Your practice will have machines. Uh, any of that age group, 18 to 25, if you happen to be on the combined oral contraceptive, you will get a blood pressure check anyway, yeah. twice a year, it tends to be every six months. Um, and if you're not, you know, um, I'm thinking of our males. I'm thinking of people not on the contraceptive pill in that age category. You can also do a home blood pressure reading as well. So there's lots of ways uh, in which you can check your blood pressure. Uh, I wouldn't be using it as a measure of health between 18 to 25. If the numbers look high or the numbers don't look right, then that's worth following up on. But don't get falsely reassured as in, I'm going to live life really hard, party really hard, but my blood pressure is okay. That doesn't work that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know, 100%. And like, I suppose now that I'm aware of it and I went through it myself, I'm kind of, I'm conscious, like I can't lose this healthy lifestyle because I feel like for myself, like eating the bad food and not exercising was kind of a huge factor. Would that be kind of one of the reasons why some people have to go on tablets? Well, it's it's an interesting one. Um, you know, again, uh, in our again the younger cohort or the mm-hmm. younger age group, if we do pick up blood pressure reasons, uh, somebody with an elevated blood pressure under the age of forty, interestingly, yeah, it's nothing to do with anything you've eaten. It's nothing to oh, do okay. with lifestyle. It's it's highly unlikely. We tend to then start looking at reasons for why somebody under the age of forty might have high blood pressure. So please, you know, absolve any self-guilt. Please take that all away uh, from that. You know, there are things we can do to help, 
But if you're under the age of 40, intrinsically, there could be something else going on. And you'll find most doctors will start investigating that with a variety of investigations to make sure there's nothing else going on. Uh, moving away from that, if there has been a legacy of partying hard, eating lots of salt in the diet, uh, also, you know, other chronic diseases are tending to creep in, that could also have impact on your blood pressure. Uh, and that then is something that we need to be aware of because we don't want people walking around with too high blood pressure because it's one of those silent things that you don't know that you have. Mm -hmm. And it can cause what we say. It can cause damage moving forward. It can cause organ damage, particularly to the vessels of the heart, the vessels that are your arteries, your vessels to your kidneys. Uh, and even the vessels into your eye as well. So, you know, there's lots of reasons why we want to keep blood pressure within what we say a normal range. So it's that it it is important. Uh, and within lifestyle, things that you can always do is, you know, the simple one that we would say to everyone: uh, stopping smoking. You cannot do more for your health than stopping smoking. Uh, and that's for all aspects of health, you know, and when we look at blood pressure, that's probably number one, moving. Yeah. That's another one, you know, getting in movement every day. Uh, again, whatever suits you, however it suits you. Uh, eating well, nutrient dense whole foods uh, and looking at your salt intake. So you quite often hear of us talking about a Mediterranean diet, yeah. you know, the, the diet that we associate with the, you know, sun and sea and the Greek islands and, yeah. you know, the Spanish Isles and our Italian colleagues. Um, why? Because it's, you know, high in polyunsaturated fats, lots of olive oil, lots of good antioxidants from tomatoes, you know, eating really, really well and keeping our saturated fats down. And that kind of diet inherently is so tasty for want of a better word you don't end up adding any extra salt to your diet yeah so you know so if we look at that th those are the changes that people can start looking to to looking in their diet uh, and then being you know a little bit more uh, around you know food and saying okay can i avoid processed food because processed food carries a higher salt percentage than anything that you make yourself mm -hmm. So there, there isn't, I want to pull you know you away um, and anybody away from eating bad food. You know, there's fuel and sometimes what's easiest for us might be something we just grab and yeah. everybody does it. Uh, and there are factors around that, but we can think about what we're eating. So it doesn't necessarily make it bad. And I don't want anyone to ever feel that because in that moment they've had to fuel themselves, that particular thing that they've eaten is bad. You know, if people are looking at numbers, Katie, what we really want people to be looking at, if you're going off mm -hmm. to get your blood pressure measured, we do want people's blood pressure to be about 120 over 80. OK, so yep. that for an adult is what we call a normal blood pressure. Uh, and that's what most of the agencies that are interested in blood pressure, be it the National Health Service, the HSC, uh, you know, the Irish College of General Practitioners. Those are the kind of numbers we're looking at for that. Uh, and you can have a range, you know, your blood pressure can be lower mm -hmm. when you're younger. Uh, and those that are fitter tend to have a lower blood pressure as well. So there's a range. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we'll take from 90 over 60 to 120 over 80. Okay. And what those numbers mean is that the bigger number, the 120 or the 90, so the higher number of the two, that's known as your systolic pressure. 
So you hear of systolic pressure and diastolic pressure. So that bigger number, 120, is your systolic pressure. And that's the pressure in which the heart pushes out the blood. So that's okay. the force that that's coming out of your heart. And then the second number, the lower number, so the 120 is the systolic, the 80 is the diastolic pressure. And that's the pressure that your heart has when it rests between beats. Okay. So the blood pressure is being pushed out and then there's a resting period and that's your diastolic pressure. And if we think of the heart as a pump, you know, like yeah. a, a water pump or any pump uh, in a system, you don't want the pump pressure to be too high because if something's pushing something out high and it's going at maximal force, there's going to be a give in the system at some point. You know, and people will say that burst pipes, you know, yeah. the pressure is too high and the pipes burst. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a very, let's say, simplistic, almost reductionist way of thinking about it. But that, in effect, is what can happen if we let our blood pressure run too high. The pressure is too much for those arteries that are carrying the blood, the organs that are getting the blood at high pressure volume. Uh, and then health aspects come into play. So that's, you know, a little bit of the science behind why we want to regulate your blood pressure. Absolutely, because I suppose when some people just think of a number, they just don't even look in the background of it. But that's really good knowledge to know why yeah, we should absolutely. need them numbers and how to get them numbers. How, how to, you know, and, you know, so if they are higher, if they're higher than 120 over 80, you know, don't give yourself a hard time. Yeah. You know, if it's particularly high, then that needs to be checked. So yeah. certainly if the top number is over 140, that definitely needs to be checked by your doctor as to yeah. what's happening uh, and if that's ongoing. And I think, Katie, we got the chance to do that together. We did, uh, yeah. Yeah, the gold standard is getting a 24-hour reading. Yeah. So it's not just getting a one-off reading, it's getting a reading over 24 hours. And that's your gold standard if your blood pressure reading comes back consistently high. So we would say, you know, give yourself three chances. You know, don't panic on reading number one. You know, OK, reading number two, you know, watch and wait. But if reading number three is high, then you do need to come in and let your GP know. Uh, and we will probably organise a 24 hour blood pressure monitor for you. Now, there are other instances because there's always another instance that <laughs> you if your blood pressure reading is really high on the first reading and you've got what we call symptoms and those symptoms be there's a problem with your eyesight. You know, I spoke about the eyesight can be affected, yeah. that, you know, there's a blurring of your vision or you're dizzy or you're getting headaches. That needs immediate attention. That's not something we watch and wait. Yeah. So there's the two categories, one where people don't have symptoms and one where people do have symptoms. OK, yeah. so, again, yeah. So, again, if in doubt, you know, us in general practice, we're really, really open and we're really, you know, looking uh, to get as many people in uh, and if necessary reassure if necessary do a 24-hour blood pressure monitor and if necessary talk through what all our options are that's amazing incredible and I hope everyone that is listening to podcast today and has doubts about going to doctor get checked go and get checked because they're there to help mm -hmm. it's hard to believe we're nearly halfway there Sumi are you enjoying filming and any plans for the rap party uh yeah no really <laughs> enjoying the series always do uh any plans for the rap party <laughs> uh, well uh as long as I don't have a headache in the morning I'm doing really well <laughs> 
So last year on the podcast, I used I asked Eddie and Carl like any kind of funny things that like our listeners would like to hear from the days of filming because I know on the health check in days they're long days and between the kind of leaders coming in and out, I, you have a lot of time to chat and I suppose Eddie is always up for a bit of a laugh. Oh yeah, no, I mean yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's so much fun behind the scenes. I mean it's like it's been like being with a family. I think uh, what uh, our listeners don't know is that both Mr. Henry and Professor Murphy. <laughs> are quite nimble on the dance floor now. Oh, that's really oh, good. Yes, yeah. Hidden talents that they don't show. <laughs> they are really quite splendid, the pair of them, on the dance floor. So, yeah. Maybe so, yeah. Anne might get one of the boys dancing this year. I, you know what? No better woman. Yeah. No better woman to take them for a 12. Absolutely. You know, we, we raise the challenge to you, Professor Murphy and Mr. <laughs> Henry, uh, to go for a 12. Love it. Sumi, thank you so much for coming on and wishing you all the best for the next few weeks in, on OT and much. see you at the 5K. See you at the 5K, Katie. Looking forward to it. Oh, thank uh, you. And as always, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Oh, pleasure to talk to you too. And now it's time to check in on our leaders. This week, we have an extra special look at Noel's health check-in. I don't think Sophie's happy. Plus, he gets some great advice from Dr. Sumi about living with type 2 diabetes. No, just to put in there, um, I'm echoing what Carl is saying. We have to stick to the plan and whether we have diabetes or not, a kind of regular approach, a regular eating pattern is advised. Of mm -hmm. course, everyone's individualised, but particularly in diabetes, a regular eating pattern is needed to manage your blood glucose levels. And if we don't eat regularly, our blood glucose levels will be all over the place. And that can have detrimental effects, and Sumi's going to talk about those okay. a little bit later. But I think it was, it was great crack coming down to your house, and, and you, you cooked away, and it was, it was beautiful. It was a belter of a sandwich, honestly. <laughs> but I, I really do want you to start taking this seriously. Oh, I am taking the food seriously. The cooking... OK, that's, you know... But I am taking the food, and I am eating. OK. Properly, like I'm taking my snacks, I am preparing the snacks, I'm bringing them to work, I'm bringing the sandwich, I'm doing all that. The cooking is, listen, you know, I'm coming home, mm. maybe at six, half six. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so no, I'm I... not going to cook every evening. It's, that's just unsustainable, really, for me. Okay, and that, that's, that's final, but then we need to put something in place for maybe the weekend so you can batch cook and yeah. not have such a reliance on Katrina because it's your health, it's not her health. Do you yeah. know that kind of way? Okay, yeah, and no, that's right. I know, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm being brutal, yeah. right? But it's for good reason, I hope, yeah. okay? Um, it's the easiest thing to do at this time in terms of your diabetes management is to have an, a regular eating pattern. Okay. Do you know, you're taking metformin, okay? Yeah. And metformin increases insulin efficacy, okay? So it just helps you. Insulin basically helps... Um, your body use food as fuel. Right. So if you are taking something to help your body use food as fuel and you're not giving it the food, well, then you're wasting your time. Okay. Do you know? So let's do as much as we possibly can now to help you along with that. So then in eight weeks' time, when you finish the OT journey, you'll be in a better position to maybe come off that metformin and yeah. your diabetes will be more controlled. So absolutely being brutal. You're doing an amazing job but just I really want you to understand the importance of having that regular eating pattern. And I'm not just lorrying those meals on wishy-washy yeah, on the no, pan. No, no, I get the, the regular eating pattern. Yeah, yeah it, it is important. Okay. More so than the actual cooking bit. We can, we can team oh, up we with can, that. We can tweak the cooking bit, <laughs> yeah. OK? I'm, I'm, I'm harsh, but I'm not that bad. <laughs> but also, is it not fair to say, as a working couple, both of them are working full time, 
like why is it not okay to split the meals? Of course it is. It's absolutely yeah. fine to split the meals. And I just think there has been, correct me if I'm wrong now, okay, previously Katrina has been doing a lot of the cooking. Mm -hmm. And I think Noah should take some account of that because it is it is his condition at the end of the day. Do you know it is his health as well? And I'm not saying that we can't one day you cook, next day Katrina cooks, or yeah. one week, whatever it is, absolutely fine, balance is key. But I just think for your own education, Noel, it would be great for you to cook. It's the preparations in the evenings, I will say that. That's and it. I got That's it, it was a busy week. I'm not making excuses, but it was a busy week this yeah. week, you know, yeah. just I suppose it was the second week of the show, you had the walks, you had you of know, course. a lot of things going on, trying mm. to juggle back at work, full tilt. So, no, I, and I do realise, Sophie, it's the organisation in the evening is That's my it. key. Noel, I asked you when you are, when I was down mm -hmm. um, during the week, I asked you about diabetes and your level of knowledge around diabetes, and you seemed baffled by what macronutrient was kind of linked to diabetes. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it would be phenomenal. I really, really would love you to get involved, enrolled in a diabetes education course. Okay, okay. these can be um, in person or online. And right. with you having the crazy schedule, I think maybe the online version might be absolutely perfect for you. Okay. And it would just give you a little bit more um, education, knowledge around what it is, how like the consequences of, we'll say, poor diabetes management, um, foods, just mm. general stuff that we might, general stuff that you might benefit from. Yeah. Would you be interested in doing that? No, I would. And I am. Listen, I, I am. I'm learning in this in this whole process. You know, I'm guilty of putting other people first. Mm -hmm. And I, I do put my own health kind of, oh, well, she, listen, I'll, I'll live with it, you know, I'll get, I'll get on with it. That would uh, be an issue. And can I ask you, when you were, when were you diagnosed with type 2 diabetes? Um, I'd say about May, May, May yeah, sometime around May. May, May last June. year? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so did you purposely not go into learning about it and Googling it? No. Just put your head in the sand and went? No, it's not even putting my head in the sand. It's. Um, I'm not a Googler. I don't know okay. what it is. I, I, I just, maybe this is just the generation I am. I feel if I Google, Google is tracking you and it's going to feed into that whole. So if I have diabetes, it'll send me down a, a, a warm, rabbit hole. A rabbit hole. Stuff. Okay. You know, and I always said that even with Ollie's condition, I never Googled it. I, tr I put my trust in experts. In experts. So I don't, I don't analyse. You've enough going on in your life without trying to analyse mm. something that I don't really understand. Mm. So I, yeah. Well, I so maybe that's I, I get it. I maybe I should rather be in the extreme of not. But it's not that I don't want to know. It's, mm. it's just I, you know. But I would say, Sophie, there'd be a lot of men, particularly in Ireland, yeah, who would be the same. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's why I'm just trying to promote these the, these yeah, courses no, 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 because I get, I get they're free, they're super time efficient. Yeah. So m the majority of them are a couple of hours, um, once or twice a month. We'll say uh, some of them are even like the online one here that I'm talking about. It's called it's called Diabetes Smart, and it's 55 minutes. Do you know, so yeah. it's not and as it's if, a one off. Yeah, once off, okay. 55 minutes. Diabetes Smart, uh, run by Diabetes Ireland. Absolutely amazing, and it'll just give you a little bit more information because. You're, you're, you are diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, you're yeah. taking a medication for type 2, type 2 diabetes, yet you're telling me that you don't know how food can relate to that. So to me, it's, it's absolutely essential that we get the nutritional yeah. education there. And it's absolutely not your fault, Noel. I'm not saying that at all. Oh, no, There's no, so no, many no, people out yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love if you were to, to get enrolled in that. Uh, and it was really interesting that you said yourself at one point, uh, one day, 
you knew you had to go and get a bar of chocolate. You were actually shaking. You yeah. felt it. Yeah. And that is symptoms of what we call a hypoglycemia. So your sugar level dropped, probably dropped around to 3.5 millimoles per litre. That's quite a low level, maybe even a little, little bit less. But you were getting symptoms. And those symptoms were that shaking. And those symptoms almost was an automatic urge to get something into you, to get that blood sugar up quickly. And that's what we are really trying to avoid yeah. in type 2 diabetes. Now, you can also get what we call silent hypos, where you might get your blood sugar dropping and you don't know about that. Uh, that can happen. Uh, but again, with education courses, we can make you aware of that. But the ones that you become aware of, and if they are frequent and if they are happening, it's not good for your overall diabetes management. Okay. And my concern is there's, we don't know the overall long-term impact of regular low blood sugars. We know the impact of regular very high blood sugars. That's not great. We don't want that either. That's what we're totally trying to avoid. Right. But regular low blood sugars, you're feeling shaky. What can happen? The next step could be you could pass out right. or have a blackout or have a seizure. Uh, and that's really something we want to avoid. It could have an effect on your heart health. So you're shaking, your blood sugar is low. What's the heart going to do? The heart is either going to either slow down or the heart is going to speed up. And um, we've had issues with yeah. a tachycardia. Yeah. Yeah. So if we start like breaking it down and going really down to the piecemeal of, okay, I was busy, I missed a meal, I felt shaky. That is, in a way, a nice wake-up call right. to say, I don't want that to happen. I need regular, sustained fuel. I'm also taking a medication that is lowering my blood sugar. So I'm lowering my blood sugar, but I'm not giving myself the fuel. I've not got a, a nice balance here. So if the blood sugar is coming down because there's medicines, you're not fueling it. You're going to get these hypos, this okay. hypoglycemic episodes. Uh, and we really, really want to avoid that happening. Okay. So again, let's look at the, the body. Is now, <laughs> yeah, we want to look at the body as a well, whole. No, that's a lot to take in. So yeah, what, yeah. where's yeah. your where's your count at? Uh, yeah, my head is that. Uh, yeah, it is time to start. Yeah. It, it's changed that. And listen, this is why I think this is why I'm, I'm here is mm. to change this. Absolutely. Life work balance. You know, gorgeous. that's and that's what I'm guilty. We're all guilty of that. Yeah. And I think what's lovely is that, you know, within general practice, we have chronic disease management plans yeah. now that, you know, people can avail of. Uh, we also have education courses, mm. uh, but there's also a degree of being kind to ourselves mm. and not blaming yourself. Mm. It's to work with, not to say, OK, wag finger. It's to work with. So understanding a little bit of the science of why it concerns me or my colleagues mm -hmm. if people get hypos on a background of type 2 diabetes gives us that understanding and that kindness to say, OK, I need to be kind to me. Yeah. So I need to give me the fuel so that I'm not being unkind to me by yeah. getting a hypo. Yeah. And I think that's probably a nicer way of looking at it. Yeah, and that's putting it in a, as regards my food intake. Mm. Yeah, I get you. Rather than me being 
Punitive, yeah, yeah. being hard yeah. on yourself. Yeah. No, and that's yeah. what we don't yeah. want at all. So I'd really like the opportunity to catch up with you this week. Okay. So yeah. we'll figure Got out that. a time. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I'll come down. And uh, why not? Let's just have a chat. Great. Brilliant. Yeah, look forward to that. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. You can send your questions to otpodcast at gmail.com. We got lots of questions in for Dr. Sumi. First up is from Siobhan, who says, I don't want to take tablets. Can I lower my blood pressure without them? I can completely understand that you don't want to take tablets to lower your blood pressure, but it does depend on what the blood pressure reading is. If the blood pressure reading is quite high, uh, and that has been confirmed by a 24-hour blood pressure monitor reading, then a few more investigations are required. So the urine needs dipping together with a few blood tests to see if there is any what we call end organ damage. So it really does depend on the overall 24-hour blood pressure reading monitor. However, things that you can do to help lower your blood pressure, which is applicable to anyone, medication or not, is eat well, uh, undertake regular exercise that you like, uh, exercise that makes you slightly sweaty, a nice fast walk uh, or a swim or a cycle. Uh, it doesn't have to be running. And also looking at the amount of sodium, the amount of salt you take into your diet. So by lowering the amount of salt that you take in your diet, that can have a beneficial effect on your blood pressure. But again, if a 24-hour reading indicates that your blood pressure is high, you probably do need the medication. Next up, we have a question from Lisa, who has low blood pressure. She says, I'm age 30 and I have a 107 over 80. When should I be worried? Great question around low blood pressure. Uh, at a reading of 107 over 80, and for a, a youngish adult aged 30, that's actually a nice normal reading. So our range goes from 90 over 60 to 120 over 80. Uh, and these numbers fall right in the middle of that. So that wouldn't cause me too much concern. However, if this particular person is feeling faint or dizzy or unwell, then they really do need to tie in with their GP to make sure there's nothing else going on. Here's a question from Era, who says, I have no issue taking tablets, but what are the long-term effects? And will they affect other medications in the future? I can completely understand the concerns of taking blood pressure medicines long-term. If they've been prescribed for you, they have been prescribed for a reason and it is the benefits outweigh the risks. Uh, and that's the general rule with any medication. We look at risk versus benefit. With regard to interactions with other medicines, it's really important that if you're with your GP or in the out of hours service or in an A&E or with your pharmacist, to let, let them know every medication that you're on so that any future prescribing is cross-checked to make sure that there is no interaction amongst the medicines. Certain medications we do monitor. Certain blood pressure medications known as ACE inhibitors, you will find that your GP is doing a kidney test, uh, a kidney blood test every so often to make sure that all is well. On the whole, blood pressure medications are safe. Uh, they're effective and they tend to be used long term. So I wouldn't have too many concerns. And lastly, we have a question from Julie who asks, do you have any advice around polycystic ovary syndrome and miscarriages? Thank you very much for the question on PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome and recurrent miscarriages. 
In this instance, if there is a history of recurrent miscarriages, it is very worth tying in with your GP to make sure that further investigations have been carried out. And they include haematology blood workup together with an autoantibody screen. Uh, and that's to have a look at the antibodies in the blood to see if that too could be a cause of the recurrent miscarriages. From the PCOS, the polycystic ovarian syndrome perspective, that too does need a workup to see how best to manage that moving forward. Lifestyle changes do come into it, but very much in the first instance, a workup with your GP would be recommended. So thank you very much for the question. Next week, I'll be chatting to Sophie Prash all about this year's incredible food plan. Her top tips on how to make the most of your weekly shopping and how to change your mindset around food. Don't forget to send in your food-related questions to optranpodcast at gmail.com or you can get in touch on our socials. And don't forget, tomorrow is OT National Blood Pressure Day. Be sure to go out and get your blood pressure checked free of charge. To see the full list of IPU pharmacies taking part, just head to the OT website, rte.ie forward slash OT. Don't forget to tune into Operation Transformation on Wednesday at 9.35 on RTE1 or catch up on the RTE player. Thanks for listening.